Happy Halloween, everybody. Um, this is Zane from the Cartoncast. We just wanted to tell you that today's episode is really scary. If if you are uh, faint of heart or have a medical condition or if a small child is listening to this, which should never happen anyway, but you might want to turn this off or switch to another episode or or have somebody of made of sterner stuff listen to this first. Okay, because there's going to be some some deadly stuff we're talking about today. A lot of organs, uh, uh, some some classic horror tropes, and and if you're not used to that or ready for that, I don't want to be the first person to expose you to it. So. Uh, what what's going I, on? Here? Uh, we I think we're getting haunted. So I think it's starting I'm already, going guys. Going to rip your brains out of your nose and fry them in peanut oil. Um, that doesn't sound great. Oh. Um, I I I feel like I can put up a pretty good fight. Uh, well, um, I want to open your neck and play with your blood. I'm going to fill water balloons with your blood and There's... throw them at children. That Innocent sounds... children. going to be honest, that sounds worse for the children than for me, and there's got to be easier ways of getting my blood. Uh, Sorry. This, it's, ain't, it's... this just ain't Hey, work. guys. Hey. Oh, oh, hey, oh, what's up? Huh? Hey, oh. Hello, um, sir. Uh, Zane, I just wanted to let you know real quick. Uh, it turns out they're making a Teen Titans movie, but it's based on Teen Titans Go. I'm pretty happy with that, actually. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Man, you did a, you did a good job. Oh, yeah, I can't. Very gruesome. <laughs> I was trying to think of problems with either of those techniques, and I couldn't. I'm like, wait, you can't pull the brain out through the. Oh, the Egyptians. The Egyptians <laughs> knew how. Exactly yeah, that's exactly how it happened. I should have said like that's cultural appropriation, Dan. Um, <laughs> Oh man, I think that was one of our like best intros ever. Actually, Dan, uh, Dan, every time you come come on the show, our our production value just skyrockets. I am just a golden goose for you guys, just laying <laughs> laying down those goose. eggs. Those man, are, that well, what a fun eggs. image that's going to be oh. <laughs> later tonight. <laughs> Dan, <laughs> golden goose, or <laughs> we don't want to keep you locked up in here, Dan, but we can't let anyone else share your talents. Uh. <laughs> I just need a bucket of fish heads once a week, and I'm good. <laughs> Save. I don't know marriage. what. I don't know what reference you're making, but it's creepy. The that was the one where uh, Bart's evil twin showed up, right? Oh yeah, that's right. I yeah, didn't watch that one this time. That's one of the many uses for fish heads. It's so amazing. How... <laughs> All right, I'm gonna have to stop you right there. Can you <laughs> can you name a couple others? <laughs> you throw them at children for one thing. You can There's got to be much, a better way. You can throw pretty <laughs> much anything at children. Um, <laughs> they're like Dan, their motor skills that haven't is super gotten to take it out of context. <laughs> That's our outro right there. <laughs> <laughs> Let's remix that. 
Oh man, I I can't wait for this episode, guys. We're starting off real strong. <laughs> yes. um, uh, and and who we, are we who are starting off strong? Uh, I I'm I'm stronger. I'm. Uh, I geez. think Zane was asking for the intro. Oh uh, yes, my <laughs> I, so, I assume. Uh, <laughs> my name is Ben Gastly, and my name is Payne. <laughs> I, wait a minute i don't even know what a, a a scary name based with ben would be let's try that again <laughs> dane dane caverns is almost a scary name Very the caverns are spooky almost oh damn i actually should have tried to damn put together cav- dan I, damn caves dan graves Ooh, dan castellanetta <laughs> dan Ca- oh. <laughs> what no <laughs> Yeah, Ben. Uh, Ben's not a spooky sounding kind of guy. Nope, <laughs> sure ain't. <laughs> like I keep on trying to rhyme it with other names that are scarier, but it just keeps on coming out like Sven. <laughs> Ooh, Vaguely there's your cultural misappropriation. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'll I'll just be the Maggie of this podcast, completely innocent and and shielded from consequence of all the spooky stuff going on. And what is this podcast, Ben? I don't know. Dan, you want to take it? <laughs> I did the last one. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, but I, I don't want to. That's uh, true. But, well, but you how, so how hard is it to just say that this is the Carton cast where we <laughs> listen, where we watch the TV shows and the cartoons and the things that we used to love as children to see if they hold up as uh, as adults? And the, I'm not making the, much word sense with nah, my no, mouth. It's, it's not hard to yeah. say, but we seem incapable of doing it so simply each and every single time. True. You might call us the Carton Bats. But you probably wouldn't for <laughs> hey, any Do you want to hear my alternative one? Sure. <laughs> the Carton Cast. We have reached the limits of what rectal probing can teach us. <laughs> Wasn't that like one of Matt Groening's like, favorite lines? Yeah, from the Kang and Kodos... Like, Taking over America. Oh, one. Oh, how oh man, they had the so many of them. Wait, what? King and Kodos do take America. over America. <laughs> no, King and Kodos do America sounds like uh, sounds like it could have been one of the Treehouse of Horror episodes. I absolutely would have loved that. Oh yeah, absolutely. So um, we have here our special guest. Yeah. Yes. Resident Whom... horror expert Dan Graves. <laughs> yeah, and. Uh, First of all, I have to say you you are much more appropriate for this mood for the Treehouse of Horror episode than either of us. One because you're familiar with horror. Uh. Two because your Skype avatar is a menacing Homer Simpson smoking a big old stogie. Yeah, it's ta- <laughs> it's, it's making uh, me very yeah, happy. Homer Simpson smoking a gigantic cigar that I think says World Fair or something like 1980 19, something. 1961 19, or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or 81. Yeah. Um but Dan, uh, you have you've been on the podcast before for the Ah Real Monsters episode, ah. and then also for Corpse Bride. Yeah, that's right, man. You want to tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what you do out there when you're not, you know, scrounging through the internet like a wolf in the snow or stealing um, my brains uh, like a I jerk. <laughs> I uh, I don't know. I didn't Great. think oh, I would boy. have to come on and talk about my personal life. Um, <laughs> he is our personal. guest here, Ben. You, I, I, I do know that you have somewhat of an internet presence. It might not be. Uh, it might not be. You know what you consider like your raison d'état, but uh, I know. You, I do know that you have a political blog. 
which is a I, lot of fun to read. Oh, thank you for saying so. Um, yeah, I haven't updated in a little bit, but uh, if you go to www.dancaves.com, you'll be able to read some of my thoughts on uh, just the world around us politically, philosophically, and all those other wonderful things. Uh, you, you still got a bit well, of a ghoulish accent going. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, that's basically going to be the case for the entirety of this episode. I missed part of that web address. How many W's were there? Um, <laughs> WWW, three of them, I think. Great. I think that's how many that is. There's a silent W okay. uh, in caves, though. <laughs> there is. No, almost no one reaches the website successfully. <laughs> um, my my yeah. traffic is abysmal. Yeah. The uh, I, I'm sort of reaching that age where I'm starting to find politics uh, necessary, if not, you know, something that I want to be a part of. I feel like I need to, uh, just just to kind of interact with the world around me Eventually. At, my, at my age. And your points are very cogent and oh. like simple to read for somebody who's not versed in that stuff, such as myself. Thank you very much. And you know what? You're absolutely right. You just event like you, you can rebel against the idea of politics throughout your twenties, but eventually you just kind of have to make peace with the fact that you live in a system, and that system needs to be engaged with. Um, that, that, that is most of the time true. We have an uncle who would never have, who has never left the seventies. That's great. <laughs> and one time, our older brother found his pot closet. It was really strange. That is the best now, thing I've heard today. We, we don't yeah. visit him often. Dan, will you be voting for Kang or for Kodos? Um, I'm a Kodos man. I am 100 percent a Kodos man. We're gonna have to talk about Kang and Kodos though, because those are the only those. Because those are the only new characters as far as this goes. Yeah. Unless they, we're dealing with straight-up parody we, monsters. We should introduce the show, I think. <laughs> yeah, what are um, we actually talking about today? <laughs> yeah, so, um, I don't know. Okay, I know we sometimes deal with esoteric shows, but everyone's at least maybe heard of them. So, I don't know if you guys have heard of The Simpsons out there in the cartoon-watching world. Don't play this game with me. <laughs> You know what it is. <laughs> of course, we are specifically referring to the Treehouse of Horror feature on The Simpsons, which is an annual feature. Um, and, you know, they could have chosen any holiday. They could have done Christmas specials. They do do Christmas specials. Shut up, though. They, <laughs> Yeah, this makes nine I've ruined, three I've <laughs> saved, two were kind of a draw. The first Treehouse of Horror segment ran in 1990, um, and... Uh, on the Simpsons second season, and the most recent one was, like, last week. So it's still going, and it's it's this annual tradition that doesn't really involve a treehouse anymore, but it's it's these scary stories that are completely non-canonical. Yeah, the, 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 this is the big part of Treehouse of Horror, is that it's a venue for all of the writers to sort of uh, enact these plot lines which could not hold up right. in the canonical Simpsons So this setting. is where you get most of the murders, most of the science fiction things, fairy tales, you get all alternate realities. Burns didn't actually die from that, Zane. What do you mean? Remember? He got shot in that one episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but he, he was fine by the end of it because it wasn't a Treehouse of Horror one. That's right. Although they did eventually kill off uh, Maud Flanders, so there has it was her time there has been a death, the most gruesome murder of all, getting shot with a t-shirt cannon. <laughs> <laughs> that is definitely cannon. Oh <laughs> Jesus! But, but the ouch! <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, um, yeah, the show's format generally consists of three horror parodies, but with the cast of Simpsons in a 
non like it's a non serious it's a loving yet biting like parody of a bunch of honestly like B movie horror tropes. Right. They um, they and, take a lot of well stuff from things. you know, Tales from the Crypt and the Twilight Zone. Um they also do straight up science fiction and and fantasy at times, like their superhero episodes. Just basically, yeah. it starts out as horror, and then it quickly veers into encompassing whatever non canonical show they wanted to do. Yeah. And and we'll talk about how the series has progressed because there has been a definite distinction between the early episodes and the more recent ones. Yeah. I have read mm-hmm. I've read that the creators kind of wish that they could stop making these. Really? Um, or at least change the format, but they're kind of stuck because everybody loves these so much. Yeah, and, and they, 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 they're they done very well. It's, it's a higher production value than they normally do, and there's evidence all over the place. Like, they might not want to do them anymore, but the creators are very much in love with a kind of silly horror aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, you, you can you can tell they're really having a lot of fun making the episodes like especially with like the scary names yeah you know like bat groining or <laughs> that that's my thing. favorite Batman supervillain James Hellbrooks yeah all I, love the end, I love those yeah. stupid names the end credits I love those what's what's your favorite fake name uh I don't remember it being a fake I <laughs> I know in uh one of the in in like the hundred twenty eighth simpsons episode spectacular or something like that they had uh they had a quote unquote picture of one of the creators sam simon and it was just like this wrinkled old husk with gigantic fingernails bashing on a typewriter (laughs) that's right Um, yeah i I don't know about the names my favorite name was the thing that wouldn't doyle (laughs) (laughs) oh man and they get really creative with some of them I, yeah. I sadly didn't write any of them down, but they are a absolute holler. Yeah, it, it's just like a pervasive, like, this is what we're doing, we know what we're doing, but we're having fun with it. It's not just, like, they might get sick, they might be sick of doing it, but it's I think it's a it's necessary part of the show, because The Simpsons has gone on for, what, 600 episodes? And, you know, it's that classic line, The Simpsons did it. They've They've done everything, they've had every celebrity, parodied everything, and this gives them the opportunity to do things that are darker or more fantastical than in the main show. To purge the bitter bile from their mouths of making them realize they're a family over and over and over again. To get away with whatever they can. <laughs> They they might also just be sick of uh, doing the Treehouse of Horror in the same way that they're sick of doing The Simpsons. Yeah. I I, I kind of wonder that. I, when is this going to end? Uh, yeah, it's truly, it's very unique. You know? Truly, but suburbia is the greatest horror. We're not going to be here. We're we're not really here to talk about The Simpsons. That is too large a task for us. So we will be oh, specifically yeah. referring to the Treehouse of Horror segment. You, right. However, you could probably do an entire podcast about the simpsons you absolutely you could do an entire podcast on lesser shows very simply um like you like you said ben the the show deals with both horror and comedy and we've we talked about that interplay before uh with Mm -hmm. you dan um and i'm wondering how you think it it translates in this um well perhaps we can come back to that a little bit later yeah let me think on that one I wanted to um, ask you both about how your Halloween weekends or seasons or what have you have been progressing. Yes, if you we guys are, have any We are recording stories. on Halloween, the yes. Day of the Damned. Yep, it is the day of the damned. 1031, the moment that we're doing this. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> 
Yeah. So, uh, Zane, what what have your Halloween shenanigans been this uh, year? You know, I'm going to a party tonight. Uh, yesterday was a lot more fun, though. My fiance and I went up to Portland um, to watch. It, it was it was in a big theater, but it was a screening of the classic Nosferatu. Oh, I love me some Nosferatu. And it was with music improvised by a master organist mm. uh, on what was once the largest organ in the country. And it was just it was just beautiful. And the guy really know, knew his stuff. He he made parts of it funny, and parts of the old horror are so campy now that they're funny. But there were there were a couple of moments that really got the audience spooked out. That sounds like fun. That sounds like it would have been fun. Mm-hmm. Dan, you strike me as the sort of person who goes and uh, watches those those old timey horror movies on a fairly regular basis, based on what I know about you. I do have most of them on DVD. I haven't pulled them up yet this year. Actually, you, usually my Halloween fair is Ghostbusters. I, oh. I, I will sit down and watch Ghostbusters for Halloween, and then the greatest New Year's film, I watch Ghostbusters 2. No, oh, I watch okay. Ghostbusters 2 for New Year's. You know, so I, actually I actually think I like Ghostbusters 2 better than 1. You really do. <laughs> I, I think I do. I don't know if I like it more, but I think that people are unfair. That was the one with the gatekeeper, disliking. right? What? Wasn't that the one with the gatekeeper? Uh, no, the one with the gatekeeper was the original. Uh, I'm thinking of the Matrix too. Oh man, what the <laughs> hell? Uh. I vaguely remember like watching that at a sleepover and like waking up and saying someone was the key master, and then they were uh, then they were running on the top of a train. Oh, I ate an entire jawbreaker that night. Oh, jeez, Ben. Super big. Um, How's your Halloween shaping up? Are you going to eat any more jawbreakers? Oh, mine? Um, Well, I I actually went to the Eastern State Penitentiary here in Philadelphia for Terror Behind the Walls. Nice. Keen listeners will recall that I did this last year. And so I did it again this year. Man, it's like, of course, it's a lot of the same setup. Golly gee, Ben, I think all of our listeners are keen. <laughs> From the set of Doug. I'm sorry. Please continue. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, so sorry. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I went to the Eastern State Penitentiary, and they have this thing where the whole, like, uh, a bunch of actors are there, and they, they spruce up the place and into a bunch of different, uh, like, scary exhibits. Like, you go through a, a machine shop and, like, a, a desiccated infirmary, um, and you, you go through, like, a hallucinogenic, like, uh, 3D, sort of, like, 4D glasses area, and a bunch of people jump out at you, and the fun thing about it is that if you opt into it by wearing, like, a glow stick around your neck, they will grab you and shove you down secret passages to separate you from the rest of the group. And uh, this happened to me last year. I went again this year. It was just as much fun, although it was, you know, the same venue. So there's diminishing returns there. But uh, I had the unique pleasure of being shoved into an abandoned elevator again and screamed at for a little while. That's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you just said, yeah, I've seen it before. <laughs> no, no, it was, it was even better this time. Because after I got out of the elevator, he there was somebody else who, like, he basically like, who was waiting for it yeah no he like, <laughs> like ushered me into the next one he's like oh <laughs> sorry man you, you got like i don't know you smell good to us <laughs> we just need to shove you in a bunch of different rooms and he pushed me down into a uh into a chair and asked me what i was and i'm like uh what are you talking about and he's like that's not a job what are you what is your function and i'm like uh, i'm a scientist and 
he's like, what kind of scientist? And I'm like, ah, oh, the physicist. And he's like, you will build the machine. And he like grabs my head and shoves <laughs> it down. So he's great. like, you don't know what the machine will be for, but it will crush all of us into a singularity and we will return to nothing. And then just shoved me out of it again. <laughs> That's pretty great. Dude was ready for anything. <laughs> I love being told that I'm going to work for the, ma- I'm going to build the machine. <laughs> I don't need to know anything more than that. It's the best be awesome. job interview. <laughs> You're going to be building the machine, all capital letters, <laughs> italicized. So yeah, uh, I, I I almost want to like invite both of you to come see it next year. If you don't have, well, I'm sure you both have other Halloween plans, but open invitation because it's really cool. Mm. Cool. Uh, yeah, no, normally, I don't actually. Like I, I mean, really? I've, like I, I've actually gotten to the point where I just stay in most Halloweens and watch uh, weird movies. Uh, that's not a bad way to spend it. Uh, so, have have you had any like Halloween? Um, you haven't had any significant Halloween shenanigans this year. No, not this year. Um, I have some friends whose band is playing a Halloween show, but I'm kind of on the fence of whether I want to actually go out tonight. Um, what kind of music would that be? I'm kind of wondering. Um, they're an indie rock band, but uh, they uh, yeah they they're doing a sort of a Halloween themed show with the costume contests and mm. all this other stuff. It's it, it, it will likely be fun, but I'm just kind of blah because I'm looking forward to get that. Out. <laughs> I just kind of blah. Like, I, I just want to na- <laughs> I just want to nap and eat candy and watch old German expressionist horror films. And just, you, you've yeah. crossed the event horizon of, <laughs> of Halloween enjoyment, Dan. <laughs> You start out enjoying candy and watch, and liking German expressionists as a kid, and then it comes full circle later in life. <laughs> oh, man. But uh, presumably you have been watching some of the, the, the Treehouse of Horror. I have. I've actually um, been marathoning them uh, oh, wow. a few nights per week. I'd sit down and watch you know four or five of them and just sort of absorb the nostalgia value of... Watching this show that I just grew up on, were there it's just yeah, great. It was seen? great. Like, no, have you totally. been keeping up? Or were there any that you hadn't seen? Um, I actually eventually hit a few episodes near the end that I hadn't seen. I think um, I think I had stopped watching The Simpsons regularly around Treehouse of Horror fifteen. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I heard they. I heard they start to stop, start to drop off in quality for a while, but then pick back up in the way that Simpsons in general did. And actually, that's something I was thinking when I was watching through these: is that this followed the same arc of my enjoyment of the Simpsons. It starts off really <laughs> strong. You got the golden age for the first like five, first six, thing. seven episodes. Uh, I, I would. Then, I would even extend it into into ten seasons. I, yeah, pr- pretty close. Uh, no, but then they remain really good into that point, and then it just sort of starts to drop off a bit. And I have heard, I actually stopped watching up through the 18th Treehouse of Horror, but I have looked ahead on wikis and have seen that, uh, yeah, there actually have been a few better episodes since then that I just haven't picked up on. But yeah. um, I wasn't too huge into the last couple, but yeah. um, whenever I go back to like watch like mainline Simpsons episodes recently, I've been pretty impressed. Mm-hmm. So one of the cool things about uh, the Treehouse of Horror segments is the same thing that's cool about The Simpsons in general, which is just that it's 
instant pop cultural awareness. Like ev- everyone grew up on The Simpsons, more or less. Um, and if, if you you know say uh, if, if you say that episode where Ned Flanders is the devil, most people will know what you're talking about. You know, right. so the whole sell your <laughs> yes. soul trope is so prevalent. And there's a number of these episodes that I I didn't know the horror tropes until I like related. This was my first like experience with many many horror yeah. tropes, like the uh, the and bus that's... ride that bus that that Bart goes on. That's a spoof of terror at like fifty thousand feet or whatever. Yeah, the Twilight oh, with Zone the, episode with Shatner, with the Gremlin. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, there were a few dots that were connected for myself too. Have you ever gone about it in reverse where, like, you know, you, you see the original uh, Amish Paradise, or, I mean, uh, Gangster's Paradise first, and then you listen to the Amish Paradise? Because that never happens for me. That actually happened more often with the Treehouse of Horror, but then there were just some connections that I made that just, like, oh, that's what they're spoofing now that <laughs> and, I've seen the, it. The stories are definitely better if you're familiar with, you know, not only the horror mythology, but the, the Simpsons mythology um but the fact that they're so fun and accessible even if you're not familiar with them is is what allows you to access them later so i would definitely agree on that oh yeah it's interesting that you mentioned that they're accessible uh, because one of the things that i found while watching this is that they were even less serious than uh, (laughs) even though it's, it's about horror right like it's about like ostensibly it's ostensibly got a horror aesthetic there's murder and bad stuff happening um, but it's even less serious than the canonical Simpsons episodes, which I think is just, it's a really neat inversion that you expect it to be dire and it comes out being even goofier than before. <laughs> right. Cause the Simpsons is not a true to reality kind of show. Celebrities show up all the time. Nobody ages. You've got a bunch of murderers and, and like a lot of crazy things happen in such a small town. And here they're just like, everyone's radioactive. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah. Um, and by the way, everybody, we are kind of discussing generalities because we, we can't really use our standard format for an episode such as this. It would First be impossible. We're not going to explain to you who Homer Simpson is. Yeah, exactly. We respect you more than that. <laughs> yeah, it would be <laughs> impossible to follow that trope for for something like this because it's also, uh, yeah, unconnected and non-canonical. It's hard to follow the thread. Mm-hmm. They're just fun, fun little experiments that the... Uh, that the uh, animators and writers put together. Yeah, that that is an excellent way to that's an excellent way to put it. So, uh, what do you say we like a couple cover a couple of like plot arc generalities, and then we can kind of discuss maybe what we what we love about it, what we think it, it kind of fails at, things like that. Okay. Um, so, um, the way the, the the format normally goes is that they usually lead in with either some sort of extended like we all know about the couch gag that the Simpson usually does right different you know d- different intros um, that have a little just a little bit something different to start the episode you know that they'll they'll all ride in on disco roller skates and sit down on the couch or there'll be a bunch of copies of them already sitting on the couch here they kind of get really into it the the trios of horror takes it to like its logical conclusion because they take like three or four minutes yeah (laughs) it's it's almost a little story in and of itself there's gross stuff in the background um like there was that one like directed by guillermo del toro i think or (laughs) done in the style of it it was really good but 
Yeah, this is one of the main differences, actually, between the earlier ones and the later ones. In the earlier few episodes, they have, you know, Marge or somebody coming on and saying, like, there's a scary show. Yeah, they sometimes lead in with a disclaimer early on until they jump the shark with it and just realize that they can't, that's not sustainable. And then they murdered what? a Fox sensor on yeah. screen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was actually about to ask when you think that, uh, when the moment that <laughs> they jumped eight. the shark. And it's definitely when they killed the Fox sensor. <laughs> Did Which you somebody at Fox had to approve that. Actually, funny story behind that. I wonder that if one. they based the guy who approved it. Like, I wonder if they based the guy that they murdered off the person who approved the idea of them murdering. <laughs> and that's why he went along execs. with it. Well, here's yeah. he, he, actually the funny thing. I actually have the the, the story about that one up. Um, when they pitched that idea for an opening where they stab a censor to death, the censors naturally had a problem with it because originally the what? the uh, the censor was being stabbed in the back with a dagger. But apparently oh. the censors found that a little too much, but they found the use of a scimitar acceptable. <laughs> I, I don't Honestly, that's sort of like a really awesome distillation of what the Treehouse of Horror series does. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> if it's over the top, it's, it's okay. not just scary stuff. It's scary stuff in an over-the-top way. Could you like least... a dagger's just a little too sinister. Yeah, could, could you at least make it a little ridiculous... <laughs> okay, now you can murder a fox sensor. Perfect. <laughs> I actually right. really loved the intros of the first two seasons. Because in the first one, Marge comes out and says, Listen, if you have small children, please take them out. This is going to be scary. I'm telling you this so that we don't get sued, even though I know you're not going to listen. And then in the second season, she comes back and she said, Last year I told you guys not to do this. Well, you did anyway, and then you got <laughs> mad at us. So please listen this time. <laughs> yeah, no, it's... If if nothing else, the Treehouse of Horror segment is very self-aware. Like they know their audience, they know what the audience wants, they know what the audience is going to do, and they just they just exploit it so hard. Yeah. And they get better at it, which is why you know after the first few seasons, they give up with the framing device. Don't need it. They give up with panning through the graveyard. They they ran out of, ran out of ideas for funny tombstones. Um, that, that, now, Zane, there are an infinite number of ideas for funny tombstones. <laughs> yes, yes. Different things are dead. Old shows. Um, <laughs> oh, man. I love the one that's just like, um, it, like yeah, the p- panning across the tombstones, and it's just like Elvis, deal with it, or dis- something like disco. that. Disco. Um, yeah. I think I saw one for Paul McCartney, too. I actually shed a slight <laughs> tear when I saw the tombstone that read American Manufacturing. <laughs> Just too, um, too, too 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 real, man. Too real. The last the last <laughs> time that they that battle. the last time that they used the tombstones, the one that came up said "amusing tombstones." Oh. <laughs> Just like we're done with this. So Jeez. they get it. Yeah, they get it. Yeah. No, they they, they totally they totally cop to it. Yeah. Um, and and the basic format after that follows this. Uh, there, it's it's usually it's always um to my knowledge it's three always stories. three mini seri- mini stories. Yeah. Which span the gamut of classic horror movie tropes to straight up fantasy or science fiction like you know they had like that tron episode (laughs) and since they're condensing works of of fiction that are you know a book or at least an episode of like the twilight zone they're condensing Mm. it into like five or six minutes so they really have to get in with the plot do a couple jokes closer um so you know that's the thing they don't they don't they don't actually explain why any of it is like yeah, any of it like the shining episode where they're like oh i'm sure glad mr burns invited us to this out of the way hotel filled with blood zane um, yeah, zane, zane. <laughs> it's the shinning do you want us yes, to get sued i i absolutely <laughs> need a little bit of drama in my life just don't use it bef- between four and five p.m that's willy time 
Yes. Thank you. Um, Listen, I just watched it. It's fine. <laughs> I actually rewatched a few of my favorites this morning just to prime myself. So I'm with you. What, on that. what are your favorites? Um, yeah, maybe we should talk. Let's well, talk about our favorites. We all know what it's doing. What the, we all know what the best one is. Of course, it's the one where Homer goes back in time. Oh my god, I forgot about that, that, is that one. A great one. And I, I expect somebody to quote Grandpa Simpson at my wedding and give me that advice. If you ever travel back in time, don't step on anything because even the tiniest change can alter the future in ways you can't imagine. Ben, you're on it. It's happening. We're going to get Dan Castellaneta. <laughs> it's going to be great. Um, my absolute favorites are The Shinning. Um, <laughs> actually, yeah, that and uh, the entire uh, Treehouse of Horror 5. It's going to be The Shinning, Time and Punishment, which is the time travel episode, and then mm. Nightmare Cafe. I love how that, uh, and then that night- title has nothing to do with crime and punishment. <laughs> and then, yeah, they're all puns. Some of them the, just don't make sense. The uh, Cannibal, cafe- the cannibal then, Cafeteria one legitimately scared me. Yes, I actually Nightmare didn't cafe- watch it this time because I didn't want to watch like the lunch lady licking her lips. Exactly. Yeah, at that Nightmare Cafeteria is my third favorite segment, and that was actually one of the ones... Where I only made the connection to the movie that it was spoofing after the fact, because I hit because the first time I saw which, Treehouse of Horror, which movie five, is that Soylent Green? Soylent Green, absolutely. And you know, once I realized that, no, it's actually just right. They're dealing with overcrowding and detention, <laughs> so they decide oh, we're, not, we're running Let's out of people. food and we're overcrowded. We might as well start killing and eating people. It's and perfectly then, rational. If yeah, you're a crazy person, can we, it is can we turn this problem into an opportunity? We've been doing that at the University of Rochester for years. <laughs> <laughs> turn that scowl upside down. Um, and I, I actually, um, I would love to get the recipe for Uderbraten. <laughs> can we? Oh man, that foreign kid shows up at a lot of them for some reason. I love it's so Uder- easy to murder. Because he like he doesn't really fit in the actual show. Like I, th- I get the this is actually also a time for like the one off characters to really shine. Like the like the Seaman will show up, the Willy will show up, Uder will show up. Like the ones whom are like a little too ridiculous, even though they're actually in actual. Yeah, episodes they don't have of the, the sort of verisimilitude that Bumblebee Man has. Oh my god, I love Bumblebee Man. <laughs> I know. <laughs> You know they actually did a very good. Uh, they did a very good episode involving a lot of the one-off idiot characters. Um, in th- they had like a Doctor Seuss Cat in the Hat parody, which yeah. is really strange. That was one I have not seen. I, I don't believe I've seen that one. I think that was the one that I watched recently, and I was like, "Oh, Simpsons is good again. Awesome!" Oh, yeah. So I stopped just at the wrong time. Oh. <laughs> I mean, they're they're finding their feet again. They had a. They had a they had a very everybody knows that you know the Simpsons had a big lull in the middle, but uh, I think they're finding their feet again. And the little bit that I've watched as of recent has impressed me in the way that the old ones have. Yeah, just a maybe lot not of, maybe not exactly, but a lot close. of background gags, sight humor, um, just one one shot jokes that they don't draw too much attention to. The real mm-hmm. classic stuff. Um, Zane, do you have a favorite episode? Um, probably the the time and punishment one, but there's. I also enjoyed, you know, Homer Cubed, just because it was so 
beautiful yeah <laughs> in and, that way you know, that really was... stretching the production value being greater than normal normal sort of thing and i love that like so th- that one was in 1995 and i love that he had a joke where he just said like man this place looks expensive i bet i'm <laughs> spending a fortune just standing here and then he just uh, stands there for several seconds it's so like, good while they animate around him <laughs> Yeah, um, that that I I literally just watched that one, and I didn't even understand that joke until you pointed it out. But there's there's really a lot good. of great ones. I love any of the ones involving time travel. I love references to the Twilight Zone. Um, you mentioned the names of the of the episodes, which are you know always puns based on something uh, famous. Mm. My favorite name is the fright to creep and scare harms. Wow. Jeez. Yes. Oh, <laughs> Which is four horror puns. Take, take it easy, guys. In like an eight-word sentence. I know you only get this chance once a year, but like, give me some room to breathe. <laughs> Dial it back a bit. <laughs> um, I think uh, I think my favorite episode is probably uh, Bart Simpson's Dracula, where they where they all go to... Um, where they all go to uh, Mr. Burns' mansion. To kill and... him because he's the vampire? Uh, no, like he, he he is just clearly a vampire when they show up, and Homer's like, "Did everyone remember to wash their necks like Mr. Burns asked?" <laughs> and, <laughs> and then he holds up a, a and then he holds up a very soiled rag. It's like yeah. it's like almost <laughs> got black. mine right here. <laughs> I think I think my favorite like my favorite little part was when uh, in the one where they kill Flanders because uh, they hit him with the car. Oh yeah, I, w- I just watched that one as well, and he just. Sings the theme to like Sugar Crisp or something. <laughs> yes, I forgot to put the fog lights in. Exactly, yes. and I love the dismount of that episode too because they're 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 operating on under the uh, under the parody of I know what you did last summer. Yeah, the guilt is getting to Marge. Somebody found out about what's going on, and then the end of the episode is that they just uh, murder. Flanders him. is not dead. He's actually just a werewolf, and then he murders what? Homer. <laughs> yeah, end I, scene. I, yeah, I remember the first time I actually saw that. I actually like kind of like just pushed myself back in my chair and went, "What?" <laughs> I did not see oh, the whole werewolf. Oh, he was thing a werewolf. Coming. Well, that explains everything. Oh, boom. <laughs> yeah. Um, this show does have a couple original characters in Kang and Kodos. Yeah, so can Kang we talk and about Kodos. that? And the other characters also act somewhat differently than they would. You know, um, Lisa is a lot less hung up on explaining things. Well, Marge Lisa is a bit and more Bart easygoing. explicitly are the ones who are trying to solve whatever paranormal shit's going on. Yeah, but they're not as good as it, at it as they would be in a normal episode where something weird's happening. And, and Homer's the one who steps into it, basically. Steps in a, bo- a pile of the supernatural. Marge <laughs> kind of moderates it. Pile, supernatural pile. He does. He dives in Submitted for your approval. A pile <laughs> made out of supernatural goo. <laughs> it's really hard to look at. I love this. And then there was Maggie. Um, yeah, I found I found Maggie's role in the Treehouse of Horror kind of revealing because there's episodes where uh, the cat is eaten by Homer, or the dog just dies somehow. They never kill Maggie, to hmm. my knowledge. Well, they do corrupt her. So sometimes she's a witch or a supernatural power or... Or voiced has, by James Earl Jones. Or kills people. Yeah. And so oh, we do so have that good. subversion of the innocent that we talked about a couple times ago. Um, yeah. Subverting the children with Dan Caves. Yeah. 
when is when is that new podcast getting down getting uh getting off the ground floor dan uh i don't know um <laughs> every week dan invites some new children and just destroys their <laughs> hopes and dreams <laughs> and then the ones that show up who want their hopes and uh dreams destroyed are just reinforce their original hopes and dreams <laughs> Because that's what you get in postmodernism, fella. Why would you do that? <laughs> um, but yeah, you mentioned Kang and Kodos, who are these giant like reptile things, and they they started off in the first one just as you know the aliens of um, you know the sort of to serve man parody, mm-hmm. where like oh they're going to eat people. It's oh, like yeah. no wait no they're not. It's like to yes, serve forty humans. <laughs> yeah, how to cook for how to cook humans. How to, how, to cook cook humans. Humans. how to cook four humans. How to cook 40 humans. How to cook four 40 humans. That's a oh, weird boy. book. And then <laughs> they kept appearing year after year, sometimes only in cameos, but they they kept coming back, especially in that great episode where they become Bill Clinton and Bob Dole. Yes. Which is really dated because that was like, <laughs> what, 96 election? Yeah, that was the 96 election. Holy shit. Jeez. Man, I was like seven. I I still love the excuse they gave when they're like holding hands and walking, and they're Wait, <laughs> like, what, what was it? They're, they're they're disguised as Bob Dole and Bill Clinton, and they're just holding hands walking down the street. And a reporter gets out and like, everyone's kind of wondering what this is about. And they're like, we're exchanging protein strands. Like this is what leaders do. Oh my god! If you Which, have a better way to exchange did that today? protein strands, I'd like to hear it. by the way that wasn't a reporter that was actually real well it wasn't voiced by him but i could tell because i'm a political junkie um Mm. modeled after real life clinton advisor george stephanopoulos really yeah that's great i i can see the similarities so they they get a lot of uh they get a lot of famous voice actors to specifically voice um you know famous people in these episodes like Okay, that's actually something that the wider Simpsons continuity does, is they had just the guest stars. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I remember the one episode where they just got Weird Al onto it. Yeah. <laughs> just so it's, it's not unheard of. Weird Al was but... probably passing by the studio, and they figured, hey, come on in, record a bit. Yeah, yeah just a bit character. <laughs> Do you just imagine Weird Al as just being like this this wandering Johnny Appleseed of parody humor? <laughs> like, yes. Just, like, if... <laughs> Like if 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 they laugh, he will come. Sort of deal. He goes around <laughs> throwing like, a folk hero. <laughs> like humming hooks, and nearby children are like, "Hey, I could turn that into a parody." <laughs> um, yeah, perhaps the most famous is like you said, James Earl Jones narrating the Raven in the first in the first uh, episode of, yeah. of the Treehouse of Horror, which I think that might have something to do with the staying power of the series because that is a very different approach. And it sort of opened the door to to go into a very different sort of Halloween special, which they kind of never followed up on. Where it would where it'd be more like a more deliberate in just kind of showing people different aspects of the horror genre, as opposed to making jokes out of them. I guess I, I think just it, like after a couple of segments of really obvious jokes, and then suddenly you just have a dramatic retelling of one of the scariest poems in the common lexicon. Yeah, mm. it wasn't you know. so. It wasn't so much a parody of the Raven as more just an homage to it, and they never really like everything else after that was just a parody of things that. Yeah, they're exist they're acknowledging it's they're acknowledging the power of the horror, and they they kind of don't do that ever again. Yeah, um, yeah. I I don't know. How do you how do you feel about that? Because frankly, I love it for what it is, and I 
couldn't I don't know if I would like the Treehouse of Horror segment if it was more just like if it was just cut and paste stories that are really well known well, in, they the, do, in, in the horror genre you and know, then they just kind of given a yellow coat of paint. You know, sometimes they do that well, um, if they do it well with, like, the background gags. I think I was just surprised that they, like, never really did it again. I would love for them to do, like, the Erlkönig, which is one of my favorite scary poems, and, uh, you know, something like that. They did the Cat in the Hat, which I think they could have done more with, but like like that, or... Uh, the, the, the Fat in the Hat, where the, <laughs> the cat is played by Homer Simpson. Of course. <laughs> and he just wants to go get drunk. <laughs> That's not really different from a normal episode, except he's wearing a hat. Yeah, <laughs> and he's athletic enough to ride a bike. <laughs> the uh, it's. I think I'm very happy with the format of uh, the Treehouse of Horror in in, in making these kind of loving but biting parodies. Yeah, I, I I think I think I enjoy that format quite a bit. I think the, yeah the, the the Raven was great, but it was also just format wise skating on thin ice. It would have been really easy to just screw it up. If they kept That's doing true. it over and over. It's yeah. also just a lot less repeatable for that audience. Yeah. Like, I might follow along a Simpsons episode that is just super deadpan and seriously toned. Mm-hmm. I would not I would not join in each week for that. Good point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What else we got? So, um, we, we kind of alluded to it a little bit with James Earl Jones. There's a lot of guest features on this. A lot. Um, and... I, I I don't have much to say about it other than I really really enjoyed him. Um, there's you you know how Maurice Lamarche, uh, notable voice actor, does the voice of Oris. Brain from Pinky and the Brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, At whom whom in turn did a voice acting of uh, an impression of Orson Welles. He does a Orson Welles, um, bit, uh, or no, he does. Yeah, he does sort of an Orson Wellian telling of uh, the War of the Worlds. Uh, yeah, War of the Worlds radio broadcast. He, oh, that's yeah. great. No, he just plays Orson Welles in that. Yeah. He, he, oh yeah, because yeah. it's like actually like a, a, it's actually like a flashback to the twenties or something. Right? Yeah, like they, <laughs> they, they were doing a send up of the idea that uh, the War of the Worlds broadcast that Orson Welles did in the nineteen thirties was so realistic sounding that uh, people would freak out. The first time yeah. that it was shown. Yeah. Um, that's that's also refreshing how, like, shown. In, in terms of the Treehouse series that they can't do in the normal episodes, is that they can bring in celebrities who are dead, like long dead. That's like you, true. Like, like, they bring in, like, zombie Lincoln, and you have somebody do a, a Lincoln voice. Like, that's great. You can't really do that normally. And, of course, the most evil German in history, Kaiser Wilhelm. <laughs> Um, the, uh, yeah, I, I don't have a different place to put this other than I remembered that there was one episode where, uh, they brought a, uh, a, the, the fictional Jewish folklore monster of a golem, the golem. to life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then they, and then the golem was sad because he was lonely. So they made a second golem and it had the voice of Fran Drescher. Yes. <laughs> of course it did. <laughs> because, because golems are just large Jewish people in that universe. Hath not a golem? Does does a golem not bleed when you prick it? No, not, no, 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 it doesn't. Made out of rock. <laughs> uh, yeah. By the way, um, that is a wonderful the, the the film that that is based on is wonderful. Just one of the many one just great silent German horror films. The golem. What Fran Drescher? 
No. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. No. Yeah. Fran Drescher, <laughs> notable is, horror actress Fran Drescher. Fr- Fran Drescher is an ancient Germanic myth uh, <laughs> that just we're, happened to be all... ma- that, that just happened to be manifest at certain periods during the late eighties and nineties. On dark nights we're such all, as this, you can even hear under, her laugh. <laughs> we're all suffering on just like a, a large cultural hypnosis, just a mass <laughs> delusion that Fran Drescher is, a, is 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 an existing human being. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. And, uh, there was one episode where, actually, uh, there was one later episode where Piers Brosnan plays. Oh my! The, <laughs> like like a high tech, like House of the Future that goes awry and tries to steal Marge away from Homer, and that I remember huh. that that was kind of near. It, it, it was near the end of my patience for the Treehouse of Horror. Like, they, like it was starting to get to the point where I wasn't enjoying it, but that segment just had me almost on the floor laughing. That, Do that you, was... uh... Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead and finish that thought. I was going to ask something. Oh, no. Go ahead. I, I was just going to make noise. I'm getting over a cold, so if I sound a little weird or sniff, or if I sniff a bit or do... <laughs> <laughs> That, that's our po- that's our podcast format. Cool. We much like Treehouse of Horror. Open with something super silly, so that no one makes the mistake of taking us seriously. Perfect. I was wondering if uh, you said that you were kind of getting toward a Treehouse of Horror fatigue. Uh, do you think that you like the Treehouse of Horror segments up and above the normal Simpsons episodes? I think so. Yeah, um, because they're always just some new out of well yeah it's always something new coming up it's always something weird something i don't have to take seriously that i don't have to remember really in the course Mm -hmm. of uh in the course of the show and um also i think just attention span wise just having three segments is just nice to kind of like just keep things moving but for um, me yeah yeah. for me in general I very rarely do all three of the segments hit very well. Usually there's one really good there's a stinker. There's really one mm-hmm. one really good segment and then one that's okay and then one that's that's bad in each of these. At least that was my experience with it. But then again, I kind of avoided the ones with too much body horror because that is a sticking point for me. Mhm. Um so the ones yeah. where any, any of the ones where they're like ripping out brains or turning inside out i'm like yeah, okay i, I, I know this is going to upset me inside. i'm just going to avoid it ahead of time <laughs> it, it must be easier to deal with in in a context like this as opposed to an invader zim that just like it's super it's super hard to look at in general and yeah. somehow has more seriousness to it than the treehouse of horror yeah, well like like the body inside out thing the toxic gas like that gave me nightmares um <laughs> back when i was a kid but it is kind of like invader zim in that they these people love drawing organs yeah there's so many organs in this and they chop people up they the, the most recent treehouse of horror that came out like last week um has sideshow bob show up and just keep murdering bart in really inventive ways and bringing him back to life Ugh. And so it just—it's just a parade of guts. So um, you're kind of touching on a part that is that that sort of creepily sticks with me. That is also not their intended creepiness, um, because the show is—you know—it's an already comedic setting, and you're making it less serious. It's going to come out being—it's—it's it's all for laughs at the end. So. You know, they constantly lampshade the absurdity of old horror movies by pointing out the inconsistencies in them. They have, like, uh, you know, Mr. Burns 
get you have to kill him by driving a stake through his heart and then homer's just like die die stupid and he's dad that's his crotch oh terribly sorry <laughs> and when he's driving it through his crotch like mr burns does not react at all like, <laughs> it, it, the, the entire the entire the entire framework of it is pointing out the silliness in all of these things that are supposed to be scary but occasionally i found it that just just the some of the things that they did were scary in a way that I don't think they intended. Like when Homer sells his soul for a donut and then he has his head turned into a donut. Now I'm thinking of like the physiology of a donut man and it's horrifying me. Yeah, like oh, where's well, he his was... brain? He's eventually well, yeah. going to eat brain. Yeah, he started eating himself and 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 like when yeah. <laughs> he when... started eating himself and it's played for laughs. At think about that point, for a second. First at what of point all. does he die? Where does it, like does it regenerate? <laughs> There, I'm, glad was, I'm not the only one who thought about this. There was there was one episode where like um the the grand pumpkin it was like a spoof of uh, Charlie Brown. Yeah. The grand pumpkin comes to life and starts like eating people as revenge. <laughs> I, I love how he just yeah. like revenge <laughs> like just screams it. <laughs> um yeah, but like but then you have to deal with the fact that people are being eaten alive. But but everyone is like Oh, you know, we eat pumpkins all the time. And somebody's, like, offering him pumpkin seeds. Like, you roast the unborn. Oh, my God. like, great. Yeah. But he's, like, starts eating, like, he starts scooping out Principal Skinner's brain in a sort of Hannibal Lecter way. Yeah. And Skinner's just like, now, is there a particular part of my brain you're trying to find that I can help (laughs) you with? (laughs) Like... Classic Seymour's Like, it's the stuff you don't expect to be scary in that sort of funny, scary interplay that just sticks with you. Well, for you, it seems to be body horror. For me, it's a little bit more just like, uh, it's like existential dread where your life will never be the same. Like, Mm. where uh, Bart Simpson gets, uh, I don't know why I felt the need to say him by his last name. Simpson. (laughs) Like, there was a separate Bart that you could be confused (laughs) against in this context. But during the, the part where there's gremlins on the bus... He gets uh, he gets shipped to an insane asylum at the end of the episode. Yeah. Like, this is a character I know and sort of like, and now he's going to be in an insane asylum for the rest of his life. For some reason, that just creeped me out. I kind of have the same reaction, but just more of thinking about, I don't know, some, sometimes the, the scenarios, just some of the jokes, they make me sad. Like there was the episode where um, Homer becomes death. Yeah. Oh, but in okay. but, but one of those rare cases where Family Guy did it first. Oh wow, that <laughs> I never thought of that. But before, but before he officially takes over the mantle of death, and there is no death, Moe's trying to hang himself, and I'm just oh, yeah. like, no. And he, no, no, because he's he's sitting up there, me. and he's like, oh, this is taking longer than I thought it would. <laughs> And and now you're sad for a separate reason. We're just like, man, I hope someone cuts him down like, soon. He's got to get. He's gonna get cold. Like, empathy, like I just yeah. want to. Like I just wanted to talk Mo down from it. You know, it's just no, oh, no. Like uh, I think that Mo might be one of my favorite characters in all of Simpsons. It's, it's interesting. I think how you know us three different people approach this and find things that are scary and find things that are funny and they're different for all of us. Yeah, yeah. Like, the show I, I mean, has that's... a surprising amount of depth. The uh, I, I always go back to the, like the hallmark of great art of is that death. it can. Uh, <laughs> I always go back to the the, the hallmark of great art is that it can evoke uh, different meanings for different people. So if you want to judge it on those merits, Treehouse of Horror is very effective at conveying kind of scary things but kind of funny things in a bunch of different ways. Yeah, this is uh, this is the Simpson creators 
chance to just run away with their creativity. Like like Zane, you had mentioned uh, one of the more recent episodes where Sideshow Bob just kills Bart over and over yeah. and over again. Like that's they had you get to, to see all the inventive ways, but they yeah they had to indulge that because in the normal Simpsons continuity, they can't ever let Sideshow Bob win that one. But exactly. they've been saving not? this up all year. Yeah, so let's just go run with it, see what we can do with it. And I kind of want to track that one down now because that just – like the, the the physical stuff doesn't really bother me. It's – I think it's hilarious. Yeah. Like when the fo- when the dark fog turns them inside out, oh, I that thought I, that is just one of the horrifying. funniest moments for me. <laughs> that's <laughs> they just that's seem... so incredible because that's like the most disturbing moment for me and Zane. Partly because they're just so well, nonchalant. Well, we saw when we were really young. Partly sure, because they're just so nonchalant about it as it's coming. It's like, oh, great. Oh, boy. Uh, it's seeping in. Uh, stupid cheap weather stripping. Yeah, it's... Nobody runs. <laughs> Nobody runs. <laughs> they're just resigned to their fate. and then They're they resigned break... to the Treehouse of Horror format. They, they know what happens. And then they break into a song and dance number where they start splashing blood all over the place. It's And Willie shows up. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, Willie. The... I just realized uh, when I mentioned Family Guy, the the episode where where Peter turns into death in the same sort of way that was a main episode. Like, yes, like that is a that is a difference. I think that's why Simpsons kind of remains class, classic, whereas Family Guy had this sort of rise and fall. Yeah, because well, they have kept you know even through all their wackiness, they've kept true to certain aspects of the show, and and this is where they can bring it out. Well, there's also no ontological inertia to the end of a Family Guy episode. Like, they lampshade right. it one time where it's like, hey, do you guys remember the episode of the Honeymooners where, where the main guy lost his job and every and everything was fine afterwards? That one bothered the hell out of me, and the episode just ends with him being, like, <laughs> jobless. Yeah. You can't do that in The Simpsons. Like, that's a huge difference between the two. So, yeah. in that way, them, like, saying Peter is death now, yeah. that happens when the, within the context of a normal Family Guy episode. Yeah, and and in The Simpsons, they always find their way back. Right, except for in The Treehouse of Horror. Right. Um, so I think it's that gulf that just like, well, we've gone this far, we might as well run as far as we can go. Yeah, The Simpsons now, is always grounded in reality, but The Treehouse of Horror is their cheat day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, you're super right. It's, it's, I'm going to regret this later, but it's so good. It's salads Donuts. and vitamin water for every other episode of the year, <laughs> but this is the day where they just get the meat lovers' large pizza and just hot dog pizza. Yes, and just dive face in, just face in. Oh, yeah. It's, it doesn't even taste good anymore, but they know that they're going to wish they had done it during their cheat day. Forbidden pizza. Mm. Forbidden. <laughs> Forbidden episode. Um, what the? I, I wanted to talk a little bit about the music because, sure, in this interesting way, it 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 has this uh, atmosphere to it because there it's are got there like are, this theremin beginning too. Yeah, well, there's mm-hmm. there's two different Halloween themes. The intro to it is this slow, spooky take on the Simpsons, you know, classic Simpsons theme song, and the outro music is this like lively, happy. It, it's just like the Simpsons theme, but it's played on a harpsichord. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I like it because before the show begins, like this might be a scary, like some the thing that scares you. But after the episode's done, it's like, oh, I'm no longer afraid because the unknown is no longer there. Like, yeah. So it's happy again. Good theremin yeah. impression. Thank you. <laughs> Fear of the unknown. Did they do a Cthulhu episode? No, you know what? Uh, I don't no. think I would like 
I don't know. Maybe they could sell Cthulhu in this. You know, I don't know. I kind of consider their... They kind of appropriate, like, the standard horror stuff. I don't know how they would do among newer horror ideas. It would be difficult to convey Lovecraft through The Simpsons. It, yeah. It's always difficult to convey always. Lovecraft through any medium. Always. That's not, like... Yeah. The, the even si- through print, it's hard. The Simpsons are kind of stuck, I think, more with the classics um, and, and the sort of uh, pop culture horror. So, like... Adam's family, the monsters, and they're also and, easier to make fun of. Yeah, and way. and the music, you know, the music reflects the classic horror series. They use themes and motifs and instruments from those as well. Do you uh, do you guys think that there's something that there's anything that the Treehouse of Horror does poorly? Because mm. we're sort of just saying all the things we love about it. Yeah, I mean, there and, were certainly episodes I avoided. Yeah. Sure, but like. As like a, as a general construct, you can't fault them for, um, y- you know their originality or their daringness to to do something that will unnerve a lot of people. Like it, it, you might not enjoy every single episode, but I think that, that the product is still really really inventive in a way that I can kind of um, I can kind of get behind even in lieu of a product that I enjoy. I can't really think of instances that are unfunny or poorly done. Just things that I didn't like because I was more on the side of scared than the side of funny. I imagine there's probably a few episodes in in the middle there, just like the regular Simpsons episodes in the middle fall flat. Let me but, um, let me look yeah, at a that, list. That that's generally like whenever I had a problem with it, it wasn't it wasn't. Uh, oh, okay, it's just not how you would have done it. Yeah, and I think that there came a point where they started spoofing things that just didn't fit into the Treehouse of Horror thing, and I think that like yeah. there came a point where they were really reaching for ideas, like um, oh, where they, they did one that was a parody of um, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's which weird. I I thought was just yeah, it just was. That's weird. not even like like why, sci-fi why did or anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's Midnight Monkey Madness down at the zoo. In fact, I think right, have fun have fun at your preposterous event. In fact, let me just rephrase that and say that I think that when they do there came a point where if they were trying to do more direct references, yes. yeah, more yes. direct references where the entire episode is like I think that the Mr. and Mrs. Smith one was just pointless. Um, the the Transformers one as well had okay, that. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, I actually didn't really like the Harry Potter cash-in that they tried to do, WizKids. Oh, no, that sounds like it would be so good. Uh, I, I thought it was really weak. I thought it was just a little too, like, it, and it was... It didn't it, use the source material well. It didn't use the source material well, but then mm-hmm. again, I, I, you got to keep in mind that they kind of did that right at the beginning of the film franchise, so it wasn't really oh, sure. like a, a lot of the. It wasn't established in the hearts and minds of viewers yeah, everywhere. A lot of the tropes that we kind of take for granted in the Harry Potter universe just weren't developed, so they were working with, um, yeah, just the the wrong raw material. They could have waited. Wait, wait a minute. And done it. A little I think better. I know why you didn't like it, Dan. Yeah, they probably didn't get Alan Rickman. No. <laughs> And how could they? That, that, you know what? With that all, actually, saved it. I actually read that for that episode. A lot of the creators like were not familiar with Harry Potter. That oh, that shows. That really shows. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that's. I, I think that they're just when it's obvious that they're reaching for ideas and they're just kind of grabbing things out of like once it stopped being so much about spoofing horror and just making it a case of okay so here's this 
cultural moment that we're going to make fun of that kind of thing. I don't know. Which is the weakness of the middle series of the middle seasons is anyway. Yeah. In a way, the, um, this entire, I'm sort of seeing us build toward this thesis of, um, that, that's sort of a, uh, a commentary on keeping your workers happy Mm -hmm. because, uh, it, it seems as though we get the best creative work when the creators are doing something they want to do and have a lot of investment in. Mm hmm. Definitely, which, which may which may have just not been true in the middle series, or for like the Harry Potter thing, or you know other things like that. Hmm. I buy it. Yeah, it sounded pretty good. Yeah, That's good. <laughs> hey, we'll take it. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, like the, you, there was one near the ahead. end, like the ET one. I thought was kind of lame. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. Like, that that is old enough that's and bad. is well understood enough that I would think that it'd be very easy to to pull it off as a matter of fact uh, just just looking it up uh the et spoof and the mr and mrs smith spoof were the same treehouse of horror so yeah didn't it was... have like uh didn't have like homer like endlessly following donuts in a line <laughs> that's good or something no. like that oh that would have been easy <laughs> been super easy <laughs> um, ben did you have any uh any thoughts on that on uh, on what precisely? What what may have been a weakness of the Simpsons? Any extra, extra to throw you under know, the fire? You you know what I love pointing out weaknesses in stuff that I love. I honestly can't I can't fault this for anything. Mm-hmm. Like Zane said, there's things I didn't like. Yeah, but it's 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 not really there, doing. The, there, it's there not doing we- anything that it doesn't say it's going to do. It delivers on what it promises. Yeah. There were weaknesses, but it's like. Nothing's excruciating. Yeah. No, it's still The Simpsons, yeah. and The Simpsons is still, like, generally very, very good. At, wor- at worst, it's the same. Yes. Okay. I'll grant you, I, I I'll, I'll grant you that. And it, the strength of that is they can have a weak Treehouse of Horror and not have it do any damage to the franchise because mm-hmm. it is yeah. such a one-off thing. Like, okay, I we'll try again next also... year. I think people are also just, like, prepared for a Simpsons episode to be bad without losing their shit. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's like death and taxes at this point. It's just going to persist. (laughs) Um, So uh, I'm wondering, because just because this is such a unique example, I'm trying to find some other touchstones in media. Mm -hmm. Can you guys think of other non-canonical segments to established franchises that... uh, or even just like holiday segments that happen on a regular basis. The only thing I could think of was like Charlie Brown Christmas specials. There are a I lot mean, of Christmas specials in British, uh, like a lot of holiday specials in like British television. Hmm. Like I, I think if, that if, comedy probably does better by Halloween than, than Christmas. Yeah, I mean Friends. No, Friends is canonical, but it shouldn't I mean, have been. What Zane Friends is not animation. We can't talk about it. We're not qualified. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, um, I feel I like SpongeBob know. must have done something. They hmm. had just the one Christmas, although the Christmas episode for SpongeBob was very, very good. Which one was that? Um, he tries to convince like he doesn't know what Christmas is, but he loves it because it's festive, <laughs> and he tries to convince uh, Squidward to follow along. With, I know people like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, Treehouse of Four is really unique. I think then, because I can't think. I, I couldn't of, think of anything because else. I can't. No, I I can't really think of anything that comes even close. Yeah. Yeah. Good it, for you, specifically Simpsons. Halloween, but just I guess the Peanuts also did like the Great Pumpkin, 
Yeah. I mean, there there are very special episodes where they, like, break the fourth wall and and talk about this event, but it's definitely not as regular and definitely not as uh, well, well, well done. Yeah, that's that's true. Like you never have, you know, Justice League and Batman's like, remember, kids, eat eat a Whopper, eat Hostess snack cakes. <laughs> yeah, you got to eat I, some Hostess snack cakes. Well, I, I think they, I, I think that the right way to approach this to like kind of scour our memories is to think of other series which are inherently comedic because mm-hmm. that's when you're going to get the non-canonical tie-in. Yeah, I, I don't know, just just just. I don't know. Yeah, I'm having trouble thinking of any. Yeah, I, I was thinking about this previously, and I, I had I was ashamed that I couldn't come up with anything to to bring to the table. But it seems like this actually may be as unique an experience as we as we believe it to be. <laughs> I mean, there there can't like the only thing that I can really think of is either of you familiar with Blackadder? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The, uh, Zane, I think likes it be- better than I do, but I uh, probably true. I are you, lo- you going to talk about the time travel special? Yeah, there, there's stuff like that. Like, <laughs> I love Blackadder. You have things like the time travel special. They have uh, a send-up of A Christmas Carol. Um, they have uh, a Everything separate... Everything send-up of A Christmas Carol. <laughs> I think that's the one exception to this rule, is that everyone, <laughs> every series has done A Christmas Carol. Oh, the Muppets. Yeah. The Muppets do this sort of thing all the time. Oh, I never even thought no, of I the Muppets. I don't, know if Muppet, I don't know if Muppetry actual has an actual canon... <laughs> but you might you might be right. We need to get an expert on. You're gonna yeah. You're gonna uh, sorry, get a... uh, you you were saying though. Mm. You Dan, you Dan. Oh, saying. it's I'm sorry. I was I was just <laughs> drinking some some water. Um, but no, yeah. Blackadder is the only thing that I can think of in my own experience that might do something like this. Because again, you have that one 2000 New Year's special where they did the time travel. You have you know. Blackadder, the Cavalier years, where they did the English Civil War, um, you know, the Christmas Carol episode, just things like that. You, yeah, it's it's usually a comedy that's going to have something like that. I was just thinking, you mentioned Blackadder. I'm thinking sketch comedies such as a little bit of Fry and Laurie or mm. uh, that Mitchell and Webb look ah. are are pretty good at doing like these sort of sort of scary parodies at times, like um, and and you know they. They suffer from a laugh track, but I forgive it because it's so good. There's uh, there's this one sketch for uh, that Mitchell and Webb look where they're behind enemy lines for World War II, and they just kind of one of them looks at the other one. And he's like, you know, I just realized that we've got all this hateful rhetoric, and there's a skull on, uh, as our symbol. Oh yeah, the uh... are we the baddies? <laughs> yeah, the sketch with you know, the just... SS uh, officers. <laughs> yeah, and, and eventually they just like. <laughs> just eventually like oh man i think we are the bad guys and then it just jump ship what's good about a skull pure aryan skull I shape think, <laughs> I, I can't think of anything worse to put on your flag than a skull a rat's anus <laughs> so yeah this is a this is the simpsons foray into sketch comedy essentially yeah, yeah. that's a, that's not a bad way to put yeah. it because you know, they they have a certain amount of time to fill in their regular episodes, and this lets them knock it out. Yeah, this this is the this is the moment when we all agree to eat their collective shorts. <laughs> Swish. Uh. All right. All right. I was, I was waiting to waiting to use that one. <laughs> Not bad. I, I actually uh, I actually think I don't have much else to say about it. It's like effusive praise. Um. 
higher than normal production value, p- horror parody. Dan, I I was wondering, do you how do you how do you like horror parody in in relation to actual horror stuff? I I like it. Um, I, I, I mean, you were I, you were I, with us for yeah. our other two episodes. I, I like it because horror is so close to a parody of itself, anyway. Because we, we've discussed this in previous episodes. Um, there's always something a little ridiculous about the things that make us scared. I don't know. Like, there's yeah. a it, it's, this is a big thing with Dark Souls. Actually, I know that you've played some of it. Where yes, it's it's not afraid to be both scary and goofy at the same time. Mm. Like the like the absolute like gigantic demon just straight up doing a butt stomp on you, or mm-hmm. you know uh, the basilisk enemies having those big, great big googly eyes, mm-hmm. stuff this like was, that. This was the thought I had during when I was watching Nosferatu. Is like it's it doesn't have to be scary. Just think of it as something funny. If you were a monster, <laughs> <laughs> that is a weird way to look at things, but. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm gonna do that tonight. I'm just gonna go out on the town, like in my costume, which is not a monster, but I'll go out and be like, uh, "Look at all these things trying to emulate us," as though I can't seek them out by scent alone. What uh, what are you going as? Uh, I will be going as Setback, a bad luck themed superhero who is usually very unlucky, but occasionally super super lucky. Nice. <laughs> yep. There's like a bunch of card images of him like stretching and accidentally knocking out the villain by punching him in the face. <laughs> I'm, I'm very proud with the costume. I'll, I'll put some pictures up. You better. Uh, do you guys do costumes anymore? Yeah, I'm. I'm going to be a mime. <laughs> Nature's greatest crime. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> history's greatest monster. I um, always have trouble. I always have trouble coming up with good costume ideas, but I, I, I go with what I can work with. I think there was, uh, let's see, there was one year. So, like, Pavarotti. Pavarotti. I got to remember that one. Mario Batista. <laughs> um, well, last year I went to work dressed as Orson Welles. I was yes. going to say Orson Welles would be great. Yeah, so, so, <laughs> so, I, so, so, I put on, so I put on my black suit and I grayed up my hair with some baby powder and I grabbed a ridiculously large <laughs> fake cigar and just growled around my workplace for the day. Um <laughs> If you're ever hurting uh, for a costume, you can do what uh, somebody I met last night did, which is just put a Deadpool mask on and then wear anything. (laughs) When in doubt, put on a Deadpool mask. No, just wear anything and a Deadpool mask, and you fit in perfectly. If I go out tonight, I'm going to be going as a judge. I'm just going to put on my old graduation robes and a... Oh my god, can you go as a... And a judge's wig. I actually bought a wig for this occasion, just in case, and I figured the wig will one day come in handy, even if I don't go out tonight. You just use just as not a pun. Boom. But I think you should. <laughs> so but I'm yeah, you should go as a, you as should go as a you specific did. judge. Yeah, I was going to say, you should go as uh, uh, Scalia. I actually, you should, get a, you should yeah. get a skull mask on and be like one of those like... I've been dead, in office too long. Dead, dead judges. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Actually, you know. An- Antonin Scalia sounds like a great idea for a Halloween <laughs> costume. Like, there was, There's like, still time. I, I'm usually just stretched for ideas because I... My sense of whimsy is just dead. I think, like I, I have, gotta go, I have gone to yeah. Halloween parties, got like as Stalin before. I actually have. Uh, you could go as that one guy from Corpse Bride. I, oh, 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 Mayhew. You know the uh, the guy with the with the cannonball wound through his chest and the and the pickle halba. <laughs> yes, uh, I've actually been toying with the idea of spending on a reproduction spiked helmet just for the sake of. 
having it and wearing it for, you know, special occasions. I, I had a friend who went as Stalin, and then he had, like, a detachable, uh, you know, goatee, and he took it off, and he became Lenin. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Transformer costume. Good yeah. for exactly two situations. Oh, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I actually really like the the practice of dressing up as whatever the hell you feel like for Halloween. It's so refreshing. Yeah, there's this uh, girl in my in my program whom um, I don't think it's too much to say her her raisin d'état is more or less uh, cosplaying for for fun. Like that's just her her main hobby, mm. and uh, and so she she will use any opportunity at all to make a costume. And I can only really get on board with it once a year, but it is very. It's a very fun experience. It's the you kind know, of thing I would to love look to like, do. Trying to look like something else, something it, that you respect in one way or another. It's but. the kind of thing I would love to do if I had more skill with crafts. Exactly. I, like putting together a costume is just like, what the hell do I do? I have to sew something? What do I do? I actually is, ba- is Batman supposed to have fins? What is? Yeah, it's just sometimes it just feels like such a hassle. Like there was actually one year prior that I went as Orson Welles, but it was before I had uh, facial hair regularly. Mm-hmm. So I actually oh. like spirit gummed a fake beard to my face, and it was the most uncomfortable thing. Yeah. Oh, so I just dis- I just decided for future Orson Welles occasions to just grow my own. You know. Honestly, I kind of like not having the wherewithal to cre- create good costumes because yeah. it forces you to be even more creative with the limited skills you have. For one day, <laughs> a, just for one day, like I, I should be able to call on this every day of the year, but I have to save it now. I don't know. <laughs> um, I like. There's actually one costume idea that I would love to do, but I do realize it would be a lot of work. I would want to go to a party dressed as President Taft, but I would oh. and just go visit, go to the bathroom and just get stuck in the toilet in, no. in the in the bathtub. What I would do is I would have to craft a fake tub. <laughs> oh my god! Like on a harness <laughs> over my shoulders to just go around my waist, like I had broken it off of its fixtures, and I'm just walking around now. I assume it's claw-footed. I yes, there would have to be claw feet on my tub, and like that's basically my dream costume. And I just realized how much freaking work it would be to get that together. But one day, one day, Ben and Zane, my <laughs> dreams will be realized. Nice. I, uh, I uh, for some reason I find it very entertaining to try to think of costumes for you to do. Um, <laughs> so, like I think I think what because they're usually like just uh, well known, slightly strange political leaders, <laughs> which I feel like would be so much fun to emulate. Yeah. Like uh, I, I can see you doing a good Scahill. Uh, I I can see you doing a, a, an awesome Churchill. Oh, like, man, Churchill. Like, the ideas abound. I have to remember Churchill. I don't know why I've never gone through with that one. Because you'd you, have to be entirely be, naked. Yeah? You, you would be... Oh, my God. You would be uh, so upset about the amount of time it took for me to remember who what, what that guy's name was. That guy? I, yeah, Churchill. Oh, my God. To- totally forgot who it was. I'm like, oh, <laughs> that guy. He was like... 
I don't know, British or something, and there was a war going on. Ah, I'm going to forget. The best That's part of great. that costume is you would just be able to insult people all night, and they would love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're jealous. Honestly, Halloween is such a nice, like, I, now we're just discussing the concept of Halloween, but it, it's such a nice way to vent your misanthropy in a socially... Uh, acceptable setting. Yeah, we need yes. more of those. We, yeah, we, we, need, we need like a weekly. We need like a weekly like venting session. Goodwill or something like that. Well, that's what Festivus yeah. is for. That's true. The airing of grievances. <laughs> Dan, did you have a lot of problems with us this year? <laughs> <laughs> oh, let me just unroll the list. Uh, <laughs> All right, I'll get the poll for the feats of strength. Well, I, it should be telling that um, y- you know only. When we do the Carton cast together, uh, is when we actually speak. Usually, we're just you know communicating through our lawyers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you uh just just because I'm uh one I'm searching for things to say and two I'm uh, genuinely curious. Sure. Dan, do you have any uh horror or scary themed sort of uh sort of cartoons that you would want to do in the near future. Ooh, and actually uh, cuz I had been thinking about this before you proposed Treehouse of Horror cuz I realized there just aren't that many like we would be running out pretty quick. Like by tw- mm-hmm. like by 2020 we'd be scraping the barrel if we keep doing this year by year. Ooh, um, barrel scraper, that's a great one. Honestly, you can come on for any podcast. I just think yeah. this is more of your bailiwick. Yeah. Um I was actually leaning towards the Beetlejuice cartoon because I would be a great idea because I remember watching it fond- like I remember fondly watching it as a child because I freaking loved just anything Beetlejuice related mm-hmm. when I was a child. Um, yeah, Beetlejuice. Uh, Courage the Cowardly Dog would be very good, I think. Yeah, I never watched that much of that, but I... I, I think you would very, in, I think you would enjoy it a lot, oh, because yeah. it's way scarier yeah. than <laughs> it, it is, has any right to be. That's good. the most frightening thing, pretty much, ever. There's, like, one of the most terrifying episodes is about this creepy guy who shows up, and he just really, really wants to shave Courage. Oh, whoa. And sings about it in a in a in a unwholesome baritone. I don't know. That's it's just terrifying. Cre- that's just creepy. Alone was I with tender courage, and all his fur, his furry courage, which I say did encourage me to be quite naughty. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Um, well, that well is, I, I don't know about you guys, but I'm... If, if I may wind us down, that yeah, is yeah, not sure. the show that we will be watching next time. No. Awesome segue. Um, Zane, what are we watching next time? We <laughs> Awesome sending back to me the same thing I just said. Dan, you want to get in on this? Yeah, Dan, guess what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be watching... It's a movie. Ooh. Mm. You're, you're never gonna guess this. We didn't even know it existed. You're not gonna guess it. Uh, um, my brain just ate itself. That, that we, we good guess. However, a old animated movie from the '70s called Wizard. Oh my God! No, I was actually thinking of saying that. that Are you oh, serious? Can't be true. Oh, Ralph Bakshi. Oh, you're gonna be watching Ralph Bakshi's Wizards. I freaking love that movie. Okay, All so right. you're gonna have to write in. Yes. <laughs> no, you. you I. I'm I'm willing to say that maybe you should just be on that episode. <laughs> what what should we brace ourselves for? Because we had okay. no idea this was a thing, and then our parents recommended it. Yeah, I saw the weirdest shit on Google Images and haven't researched it since. 
there's like a red bender. There's there's like a, a slut fairy. It's it's crazy. The shit's fucked up. Um, <laughs> Great. <laughs> awesome. Well, I, I like that. <laughs> Be prepared for Nazi wizards. And sweet, um, we're absolutely. Do- we were on the fence. We were giving ourselves like a backdoor exit just in case. Um, in case we didn't like it, be like, we might not actually talk about this movie, but I don't Nazi wizards. I don't in. know if you'll like it, but you're <laughs> definitely going to have an experience. It's it's worth a look. It is. It is. All right. Well, we can talk about whether or not it'd be appropriate for you to come on that episode. Mm-hmm. But uh, ben, that's what, coming what up about next. After that, after that um, I am taking a suggestion from somebody whom has recently talked to me about enjoying my podcast. Oh. Um, it is. The it is a friend of somebody in my grad school program, and she said that she wanted us to check out something called Cyber Six. Mm. Cyber Six. Like, this is about the uh, the woman lady robot killer person. S- something like that. I think it's like a Canadian piece of animation. I watched the intro and was captivated. I've wanted to do this one. I think I, I remember looking it up and being like, "Oh, this looks very different from everything." Well, this, this here here's our opportunity. So uh, we got nice. wizards. And then we've got Cyber Six, and then we'll we'll see we'll see what's going on after that. But we'll see if we can get a guest on for that one because I think she'd be happy to talk about it. Super lovely. Yeah, Dan, let me let me cordially thank you for coming on the set. Let me it has arrogantly been a pleasure, like always. Thank you for having me on. And I'm in the next room. <laughs> Zane has already left. He's taken a sick break. Um, yeah, I, I I hope you guys both have a lovely Halloween, All Hallows Eve. And uh, Dan, let me let 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 us know if you ever want to come on again for some random episode. If if the toils of your waking life are too hard to deal with, and you need to purge the bitter bile from your mouth by watching Courage the Cowardly Dog talk about shaving people. Yes. And audience, if you want more bitter bile in your mouth, uh, listen to our <laughs> other episodes, or simply anywhere, <laughs> and uh, give us write us something. You can leave a comment about wizards or Cyber Six. Yes, please comment on our Facebook page when we put this episode up. Tell uh, your friends. Just leave it right under the episode. Go to our website, www.cartoncast.com, or just simply tell your friends about the show. I, I think that they would like this episode because everyone should like this episode. Raise the dead we're very and have them funny. listen to it. Mm-hmm. And then kill them again by the end of the episode because, you know, who, who fucking cares? It's called consistency. Who cares about the end of the episode, right? I don't. Oh, and shit, that's I'm alone. the end. You guys evaporated. <laughs> Must have been that fog. Hello? Zane, Zane, you want to help me out here? Say something, Zane. Oh, oh no! Zane! They got Zane. <laughs> he went into the fifth dimension. Uh, uh, good night, everyone. I'm back. Oh, you had technical difficulties, Zane? Did you not notice? Hello? He just left. What? Okay. He's gone. I thought he was doing a bit where (laughs) No, like I thought he was doing a bit where he just he just got he just left. He may have done back. Oh. That was weird. Your disconnected toys. Your your audio quality is a little gone. Hey thanks. Zane, I I thought you had left us part of a bit. Like you got like kidnapped. (laughs) Well, welcome back. Welcome uh, back so that we can uh, we can sign off yeah. purposefully. Zane, give us an outro. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jesus. The, Do this, it. This episode is cursed. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs>
super good. <laughs> Thank you.